Just what is it that you want to do? Well, we want to be free. We want to be free to, to do what we want to do. We want to be free to ride. We want to be free to ride our machines without being hassled by the man. And we want to get loaded. And we want to have a good time. That's what we're going to do. Away, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a party. Welcome back to the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And I don't know about you, but for me this week, since we last met, something just kind of snapped. Um, and in the true name of this podcast, I rebelled. And I just think it's all the staying in, not drinking, uh, dry January posts on Instagram, it just kind of lit a fire inside me and I got an email on Friday from a friend after I inquired how they were and just to see how the day was going and which was just kind of just one line in reply and he wrote I want to be free and it just stopped me completely in my tracks for a moment and as I sat at my desk doing my current day job as a newsreader in that moment I just kind of laughed really and of course that is really all any of us want and crave and need in this lifetime and there are just so many things that can drag us down um, if we let them that curb our feeling of freedom and work is obviously definitely one of them (laughs) but I'm kind of fully buying into the idea this year that everything and I do mean absolutely every single thing that I'm doing on a daily basis is a decision so if I'm not feeling abundant, I can decide to make myself feel that way. If I don't feel happy, I can decide to choose to be and do something that makes me feel good again. And so I just know that every single thing I'm doing and feeling is a decision. Now, this is nothing new, but I know that if I've made that decision to be or do something, then I'm responsible for it. I'm fully accountable. And then I just feel like the outcome is always going to be completely different. So without banging on for ages about that, I just think that that, in that moment, I just also wanted to be free from the way I was feeling about the work that I was doing, the fact that I'd been sitting down all day. And that's pretty much what January has been about for me. It's been a lot of work and almost no play whatsoever. And I was just getting really stagnant and quite sort of wrapped up in what that was actually giving me um, and how it was making me feel and I just think that there are always choices that we can make to embellish and bring in the things that we're working on more and more and that is why I love today's guest who's a coach and we're going to be getting into some of that very very shortly but first I just wanted to talk about that clip that we started uh, the podcast with because when I got that email that exact voice came into my head which was of course sampled on the loaded track by Primal Screen back in the day but it's actually from a guy called Uh, well, a Roger Corman film in 1966 called Wild Angels. And in that moment, when I watched it, I found it on YouTube. I just wanted to, for some reason, find out where that actual line came from. I just made my decision and that was to go out. And I do mean uh, out, out. And luckily, I already had the amazing plan to go to the very first Ibiza edition of World Unplugged of 2020 in a secret venue on the San Juan Road. And so obviously they've been on this podcast lots Justin Manville and his merry men um and I can confirm that this Ibiza edition in particular was one of the most beautiful evenings of live acoustic music I've ever witnessed not just on the island but anywhere it really was incredibly special um they had a really amazing local rapper called Dark who came on first he just blew my mind it was all in Spanish and it just his passion he didn't really need to understand necessarily what he was saying it was just yeah really quite inspiring And they flew in people from Ireland, Holland, Poland and beyond. And it was just, yeah, magical. I hate that word, but, you know, it does get overused, but it it certainly felt that way. And there was also a lot of mezcal. And this whole night out just gave me all of the feelings that I was craving earlier on in the day when I got that email. 
but it just seemed to just fuel the fire um, even more. And after I got home, instead of going straight to bed, I stood in the kitchen and I really took a deep breath and I was like, I don't feel like going to bed. And I was like, well, I've got two decisions. I can either go out or I can go to bed like a good girl when I'm really not ready to. And I also made another decision to actually go out and dance. So I did. I headed into Ibiza town and I stayed out till five o'clock in the morning. And I just felt like it wasn't a decision where I got swept up in something because no one was dragging me, persuading me, calling me, texting me, any of that stuff. But I just wanted to celebrate that feeling that I'd cultivated that evening and the decision that I'd made, which felt completely different to me from when I normally go out and do something that perhaps I sort of feel like maybe I shouldn't or didn't really want to do. But that wasn't the feeling I had at all. And I also got to see one of my other favourite musicians. Um, She's also an acoustic singer-songwriter. And she's always guitar in hand and she's always singing somewhere. Um, But this particular occasion she had invited me previously was to a cafe in Ibiza town called Cafe Malanga. And I got to see her on the decks for the very first time. She's been DJing for a while now, but I've never actually seen her in action. Um, So again, I was just blown away by that as well and immensely proud of her. And on Friday... I really felt like I kind of made that decision in that moment when I got that email and then the whole night just unfolded in this really beautiful way. Um, And I love that saying, move a muscle, change a feeling, because to me, dancing changes our cellular and molecular biology. And I think that when we shake it up, we don't have to break it up. So it really leads nicely into today's intention setting podcast with a man who's been on my podcasting course at The Hub previously, so it gives me even more pleasure to bring his dulcet tones to you because he does have a very lovely voice. Um, But he's a man who worked in London in advertising and he moved to Ibiza to change his life with his beautiful wife, who I also got to meet on Friday. Um, And he made some really strong decisions and intentions. And that's why I'm really excited to be sharing those with you because it's January. Um, But for now, I'm going to say nothing more apart from here is the Reset Rebel podcast with Mr. Mojo uh, of Mojo Development. That is Mr. Richard Stokes. Don't go away. So we are here. Uh, actually, probably one of my favourite beaches on the entire island and certainly one I've frequented more than any other in the entirety of Ibiza um, out of the, I don't know how many beaches there are in, in total on this island. I should really know that fact, uh, but I don't. I think it's about 27. That's what I'm going to gun for. Perhaps we can have a little bit of research uh, for the next edition of this podcast. Uh, but we are sitting at Calamartina, which is kind of between Santillaria and Escanar, um, near one of my absolute all-time favourite bars, which is called Chirincana, which is a little hippie hangout that the campers uh, come to in the summertime and there's amazing live music and sort of barefoot dancing that goes on there so we're kind of like wedged in the middle of that um, in a restaurant called Satrenka and the one thing I love about Ibiza in winter is a lot of the restaurants close down and you have these fantastic sort of yoga platforms really um, and wonderful little spots where you can kind of take over the whole show um, and we found this little sun trap today to record today's podcast and I'm kind of sitting here gazing out with a 180 degree of the big blue Um, and these little puffs of posidonia kind of um, come up into the air as the wind blows it is a little bit gusty today and it's very popular with kite surfers and wind surfers but basically right now wedged in this restaurant uh, cove it is really really hot and um, I'm joined by today's guest which is Mr Richard Stokes good afternoon hello joe Lovely to see you, and what a spectacular location. Thank you for introducing me to an, another new beach. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. I mean, I guess you are still relatively new in uh, Ibiza living stakes, but um, this is definitely, as I sort of told you about the all-year-round amazing fish restaurant that we had a coffee in just before we got started, is just really one of the best places on the island to, to get a little winter hangout. Yeah, it's absolutely glorious, and... I don't know how many beaches there are either, but 27 seems low. I'm going to gun for higher. <laughs> I don't know. There must be, it must be 50 some. Someone, someone will know and let us know. Um, but I've been to a lot of them, but I haven't been here and it's glorious. I will be coming back. And that restaurant, astonishingly open all year round as well. And um, yeah, even though I've had lunch before I came to meet you, I was quite tempted with a little dorada or, or a nice bit of grilled sea bass. But we had to get on with this. So, um, but I will be coming back. Uh, but yeah, lovely spot, lovely spot. 
I deliberately didn't pack my credit card or my debit card because I knew that I would get one sniff of uh, what's going on in that place and um, be definitely tempted because I'm going back there after this ends to do a little bit of work and do it with a, a sea view rather than my apartment because um, you know you've got like really boring stuff like a tax return to do you just don't really want to be doing it when you're in a kind of you know a concrete jungle kind of surrounding I think um, actually doing my tax return which is a real joy in January of course uh, has to be done by any of us normal freelance folk that live in foreign foreign uh, <laughs> places um, yeah with this kind of vista I think it's just about doable I think it might be the most joyous tax return you ever do sat here and I wish you'd bought your credit card because I think you could do with a bottle of Arborino while you sit there and <laughs> think about the expenses that you need to claim <laughs> and, and the including invoices, that one including that one definitely that one um but yeah what, what a lovely place to do a tax return mm. I, I mean I have to I always try and come up with a master plan to make my tax return an enjoyable doing and it normally involves either wine or chocolate or both I, either of those over a pint in a, in a nice I can imagine a nice cosy country pub with a fire going that'd be a good place to do a tax return not as you say at your workplace at your desk with all the other things going on in your mind I think you just want to get that thing done accurately obviously for HMRC purposes and uh, and packed away and hey you may get a rebate it does happen I got one last year Every cloud, Richard. Every cloud. So do your tax return. Was that just because you moved to Ibiza and you're not actually making enough money to pay one anymore? (laughs) Oh, the joys. Yes. Of being on the wrong tax code. Getting into way too much detail here. But yes. (laughs) I know. But I think that, you know, it's hilarious for an island that's full of like rich playboys and, uh, you know, serious millionaires that you move here with probably, you know, quite a decent job behind you when you were living in London and uh, some serious credentials going on. And then you come here and basically... Uh, if you are working and relying on the income of the island, I, I, I'd say that most people's bank balances uh, get seriously depleted quite swiftly after moving here. Um, so that is a, a warning to anyone considering that uh, idea. You're not going to move to Ibiza and become incredibly stinking rich. That That is very true. Unless you own, you're somehow gifted a, a large amount of real estate or one of the mega clubs. No, you're unlikely to, to do that. But... As a place to come and work, um, it, is, it, is fun. it is very nourishing and the creativity kind of flows more. Um, but I wouldn't come to Ibiza to make your fortune. That'd probably be my message to people. Come here to, to, to have a wealth for your mind and body, but maybe not for your pocket. I think you just have to prepare for your entire bank account and life savings to be utterly rinsed. Um, and that seems to be my experience <laughs> and most of the people I know. Yeah, we when we first so we've been here about a year and a half now, and we were I think we were kind of living the life of Riley for the first couple of months, and I suddenly thought we can't be going to these beach clubs <laughs> like every other day just for lunch because I don't know every time we go it's a hundred euros for this and that. So we we had a firm word with ourselves, and uh, we've we've reined it in a bit, but um, because I think in the winter as well because so much is closed, that's a really good thing. Your 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 ability to spend money becomes a lot lot less so when you do and you come to a lovely restaurant like the one we've been talking about it's a real treat and it's a real joy and there are some like sunday lunches with lots of it's very sociable and lots of people sort of gather um yeah those those are lovely moments but you 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 have to remind yourself you are not a tourist you are here to live and kind of as you would i guess living where we used to live in london you don't act like a tourist there either you kind of commute to work you do your thing you go home um, and you, you go out occasionally rather than every night going to the theatre and a dinner before that, darling, because mm. <laughs> that's what you, uh, you might like to do, but uh, sadly impossible. Well, it is, but it, then it kind of isn't. I, I mean, you know, I, th- I always constantly weigh up this idea of like wanting to have fun all the time and living for the moment and living you know for now and I think most people that live on this island live very hand to mouth it's not like they've got buckets in the bank it's just about having a good time all the time and you know just trusting that the income will keep flowing it might not be massive but it's it's a sustainable uh, model um, so agree or disagree I don't really know the answer to that but what I am intrigued is what you just mentioned is this idea of you know exactly what this podcast was kind of set up upon is the fact that I feel like being and staying healthy in Ibiza is a rebellious act 
Uh, that is a fact. And I've always said that about this podcast. And, and, you know, that's why we call it the Reset Rebel, because I think, you know, if you really get into the flow of Ibiza living, you kind of have to reset yourself daily um, because you're, you know, getting involved in certain activities on this island and most people come here from discovering it through their kind of connections through partying and music and then they kind of move here and they've still got that in them but I think gradually it kind of fades a little bit more into the background and as we've just sort of described this Mediterranean lifestyle of being outdoors and hiking and swimming and kite surfing and you know all of these amazing activities that you can do on the island that are very healthy um, become much more important and worth staying uh, sober or much more healthy living for and I think that's really intriguing because when you're constantly surrounded by people that are on holiday like you are in Cala Martina in the summertime you know this is my local beach and I used to find it a struggle to come to the beach and not want to do exactly what you just described go to the restaurant and have a glass of wine when everybody else is doing it because they're on holiday but you are not so how do you maintain that strength to keep your um, we're going to introduce this word now mojo high which is obviously <laughs> what the name of your company yeah. is mojo development you yeah. are a coach yeah. so how do you how do you find that kind of discipline i think uh, i've always had an amount of that discipline so i think coming here um you know the as you mentioned in the summer especially all those options are there everything can suck you into a party that goes on for days and days and days but I've actually always been quite a disciplined person probably on reflection maybe too disciplined there are things I've definitely missed out on that I, I could have done um, but hey like what? oh that sounds like a good story oh, well I mean I, I didn't do them so I don't know no you know it, it's it's those options for like crazy kind of weekend getaways that maybe you'd say no to and your friends come back with these extraordinary stories of wildness and mayhem and you go why didn't I just say yes and I have by the way I'm not entirely boring I have said yes quite a lot to those kind of stories those sort of times Um, but I guess one of my key values actually is about is balance so if I'm pushing it too hard on the partying and the fun and there's not enough in the, in the bank in terms of health, well-being, kind of calmness, and frankly some you know, some diligence about getting whatever work you're doing done. Then I'm that in terms of mojo that affects me. So if, if I'm out of balance, my mojo is definitely lower than it needs to be. So I, I need to find balance. So so I've kind of had a bit of that before we we arrived on the island, and I think our reason for coming to the island is partly similar to what you talk about um, what Ibiza is famous for but actually we were more drawn by the nature oh here's a little friendly dog coming to say hello um, we were more drawn hello uh, we were more drawn by the nature and the beauty um, and the ability to live a more simpler life close to nature than we were by the promise of crazy all night partying I love the fact that the crazy is there and I can tap into it really, really easily should I choose to. But I also love the fact that we can go for a, a 10k hike and see almost nobody but just see incredible beauty of the, the, the pine trees, the red cliffs, the aquamarine water. Um, and that comes for free. You just have to know kind of where it is and access it. So, yeah. Balance is is key to me, so that helps me maintain a, well, just a healthy approach to living here. Because, yeah, I can imagine you could go pretty off the rails, especially in the summer. I mean, it really is, it's a a yin and yang island, isn't it? And and if you want want all of it and you've got the money to do it, you can do whatever you want to do here in the summer. But then in the winter, the options just aren't there. You know, all the clubs are closed. Most of the bars are closed. A few lovely restaurants stay open. And everyone, I, you feel it. You feel people recharging. And that, I remember my, our first um, uh, autumn period, sort of October, and I just felt the island taking this massive intake of breath and going, oh, gosh, now we can, now we can recover. Um, you know, the water supplies need to recover. The people that have been working incredibly hard all summer need to recover. The people that have been partying all summer need to recover. Um, so I like that, and we're, in, we're very much in that period right now. But the sun still shines. 
the sun does always continue to shine and that is uh yeah the one thing we can rely on on this island because uh, <laughs> there's many things that we can't and i think you know going back to this discipline thing i mean i like talking about this in january because i think wherever you look right now everyone's talking about giving up drinking giving up you know pretty much everything that includes fun in my world anyway in my humble opinion and i think it's you know we kind of get this message rammed down our throat in January that it's a dry month and it's this month and that month and the other month. And I was talking about on uh, last week's podcast this concept of going from hero to zero and maintaining balance. Now, when I talk about balance, I mean like happiness, contentment and that sense of being able to cope with life. And how can you go from the extreme excess of December to the January kind of discipline zone and and just stay kind of, yeah, kind of, on the path I think without going overboard and I think it's very very difficult um, just to kind of transition and integrate into this wherever you want to be in January and I don't think everybody wants to be sober and dry I don't think everybody want to wake, wake up on the 1st of January and empty the house of all alcohol treats from Christmas throw it all away and be this you know perfect um, sort of yeah person and and, I, and what is perfection anyway I think that Ibiza teaches you really that you do need discipline to be able to navigate the lifestyle here because otherwise you can get sucked into all things all the time but the, the point of the matter is what well, I really um, I'm not normally here in January and February so I find it very easy to go to India and not drink but what is um you know more challenging is to maintain that balance in an environment like this one for me with all my friends around and opportunities and and options available all the time so I'm just you know when you're coaching people I mean obviously I think discipline to implement the advice that you've given them and get it done by the time I would imagine they probably next speak to you is quite intrinsic to it to how you achieve goals so what's what's your thoughts on that um so loads of good stuff in there to unpack but uh, yeah one of the one of the core roles of a coach can be around accountability so exactly that when people set themselves their own goals um, you know I want to be fit enough to run a marathon I want to reduce maybe my alcohol intake or my meat intake I mean we're in vegan annuary is that veganuary Vegan- veganuary thank you <laughs> not a, not, no problem <laughs> <laughs> or whatever people want more of yeah the coach can absolutely help um get on track and, and keep on track because you, you say it's um, sort of the, the cadence of meeting with a coach can be about every three to four weeks that's how I often work so you give people that okay what are you going to go and achieve in this next three or four week period and come back and check in and, and see how things are going so that's one side of it the other is I I firmly believe that and you, you, you teed it up nicely that New Year's resolutions are not a great idea because they're all about, fundamentally about stopping something. Um, generally something that you probably like doing, drinking, smoking, eating meat, and cutting it all out completely. This, this idea, of you said, of going from, from feast to famine, from December to January, it's a really hard thing to do. So kind of why set yourself up to fail? Um, <laughs> interestingly, today, I believe it is the 17th of January, and no word of lie, today is peak New Year's resolution fail day. Um, according to Strava, the, the fitness app, so they obviously monitor what people's goals are, what they're setting, and then people are just not getting on with it. And a lot of that's around gym membership. You know, that classic, oh, I'm going to join the gym. I'll be going three times a week for the first week of January. And then it, bit by bit, it goes down, and then people aren't using it anymore. So New Year's resolutions, are for me, you're setting yourself up to fail. So my advice to people, and I'm doing a lot of these conversations right now, is to think about intentions for the year instead and I, intentions plural uh, so I advise people around nine intentions the reason for nine it's linked to Vedic philosophy and where, where 108 is a very powerful number in Veda divide that by 12 and you get to nine nine is also a very important number 108 intentions for the year be an awful lot but nine just feels about right and then with those nine you can do an awful lot of really interesting things because they can be, and by the way, intentions is a lot more of a positive word than resolution. Resolution is stop, don't do. Intention is I am going to start. I will do this. I will change to that. So when you think about those nine, you can balance them out really nicely. You go, right, here are the ones that I've been thinking about for ages, but it's going to take a bit of work. And maybe it is running that marathon for the first time. And I'll need a, um, a fitness coach and maybe a life coach to help me 
you know be accountable and get on with that others might be just slightly easier things and why not give yourself some some easier ones to to crack earlier on one of mine actually from 2019 was to start a podcast and it took me until december of that year to start that podcast but it was always there it was always an intention it was just never quite the right time and then things occur and things come into your being and for me it was actually meeting you joe and then having a conversation about how i could do it and there it was and but i didn't beat myself up by getting to july and not starting i thought i will start when the time's right so for, for me the tip on intentions think about nine um think about a balance of them um and allow yourself to start those across the year again with new year's resolutions it's all about january and i don't know where you are in the world dear listener um, but it might be a bit grey and a bit wet and a bit cold and doing loads of or a new thing or stopping something something like having the odd drink or the odd bit of meat that gives you a bit of pleasure in that cold month it's again you're doomed to fail so give yourself the best chance for success I mean isn't that just like you know good thinking <laughs> so intentions over resolutions for me I, well I absolutely couldn't agree more and that's why I actually included this little snippet of um, Russell Brand's recovery talk in the last podcast because again I think when you go from the feasting of December and you get into January and apparently you're supposed to give up drinking and uh, all the fun things that you've been doing for the last month I think it's really hard and I think people start to almost feel like they are addicted they can't stop you know, and I, I, it's a human, you know, it's a human thing that you kind of get into doing something. And breaking a habit is, is difficult. It doesn't happen overnight from the 31st of December to waking up on the 1st and, you know, with a raging hangover going, oh, yeah, I'm going to be like this today. And for the rest of this month, I think it's it's incredibly hard to just go from one extreme to the other. Um, and I'm, I love love being an extremist. I almost pride myself on being an extremist and I will do things to the extreme. But I think you know I've done fasting and I've done deep I've done a lot of detoxing and I think there is a time and a place and it's certainly not right after I've been at the other end of the Richter scale um, and I think that's the same for you know I'm really glad you brought up all this kind of intention uh, concepts I don't think just setting yourself up to fail um, is a good idea by ruling things out of your life I think setting yourself up to win and focusing on positive achievable goals throughout the year at intervals that are you know at at timings and moments when you can actually really achieve them makes far more sense because once you've achieved goal number one you know goal number two becomes far more feasible and possible and I think if you're constantly patting yourself on the back rather than smacking yourself in the face and getting really really oh there's someone calling the dog this is going well um yeah i think you know really patting yourself on 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 the back and celebrating your achievements and your um you know kind of getting from a to b's is 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 really positive and i think this constant negativity around failing setting yourself up to fail is um is not so easy it looks like they are actually randomly bringing out a a table for lunch hola Um, we might need to move because um, be I think there's lunch. a. There's, oh, yeah. look. I wonder if they're going to feed us. Not that we either of us need feeding. We just had lunch. But let's go and see if we can walk and talk. One, one moment. I'm going to hit the pause button. relocation there to uh, a brand new venue which I've actually never ever frequented previously um, it is called Tina's which is um, marvellous a little beach shack um, in between my favourite restaurant Calamartina restaurant and Satrenka where we were two minutes ago um, and what do you think of Tina's Richard? Tina's I think has a lot of possibility um, it's quite quiet at the moment <laughs> as it shut up for the winter but I like its boho chicness um, I imagine they mix quite a nice mojito here in the summer. And, um, yeah, I like it. And the, the great thing about it is you can have a drink 
and you can just waddle straight into the uh, the very welcoming sea um, in about five metres by the looks of it. So yes, I'll come back to Tina's. Thank you very much, Tina. Yes, we'll be back. Um, now, I'm going to go back to where we were before we lost our thread slightly, which was talking about sort of setting ourselves up to win with intentions and dribbling these goals, which, um, yeah, are more attainable and achievable. And I think, you know, when you really spread them out throughout the year, and as I said, pat yourself on the back when you get to each little milestone, you've got way more chance of actually getting anywhere with any of them so that's what I noticed about my own particular feeling for the previous two weeks prior to making last week's podcast was that I was in a a real flatline zone of like not being able to get anything done because I felt like I had all of these goals and things that I should be doing and ideas and business uh, opportunities that I wanted to explore but I I lost my momentum I lost my I lost my ability to do anything because I was stuck because I just couldn't actually get one thing done. And I realised bizarrely that the only thing that was going to make me feel good and put me back on my my perch was just by making this podcast and getting one thing done. And as soon as I did that, this morning I woke up and I've literally moved mountains and, you know, woke up at seven and just before I came here, I only did like four hours and I basically pretty much achieved absolutely every single thing I wanted to do for the last two weeks. Obviously, with quite a lot of coffee. <laughs> so I was just like, you know, it's all very doable. I think when you just give yourselves bite-sized chunks. I mean, this isn't rocket science, but it is interesting from a coach's perspective, mm. like how I think discipline, but also productivity go hand in hand. And it's very much a decision, I think, to get out of a stuck zone. And I hate this, oh, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. But I think stuckness comes from not being able to kind of decide where to begin. I think I think it's spot on. I think there's a lot. I think it's partly to do with modern work, and I, I mean more probably more corporate-based work maybe than um, small business, your your own business sort of work. Because we're not the continuum of work; it never ends. And when things never end, um, it's very hard to stop, celebrate, and recognise exactly what you've done. I mean, this is certainly was my experience in in the world of work. Um, and you just go from one thing to the next thing with very little time in between and it's really important exactly as you said to chunk things up um, you can take loads of lessons actually from high performance athletes in that you think about um, the Tour de France you ride 3,000 kilometers over 21 days and if you think in your head I've got to do 3,000 kilometers that mentally immediately takes a toll on you but when you break it down to each stage 21 stages and of that stage right this is what I need to do for this next bit and this next bit to get to the peak of the mountain or to the sprint then it all makes a lot more sense and it's a lot easier for you just to compute as a human so you can take those lessons I believe and apply it to your work and just try and chunk things up whether you work for yourself or work with them for a massive great big corporate entity just think about things more in a, on a project basis there's a start and there's an end and when you get to that end point celebrate it whether it is a, a, a massive success or, or a bit of a learning celebrate what you've learned from it um, gather around you the people that have been on that journey with you that done that little bit of work whether it's a, a drink a night out a coffee a bit of cake something that just puts a, a signpost on we've done something and it was good and this is what we learned and now we move on you think you have to chunk life up otherwise it's kind of just doesn't end and it's very hard as you, as you say when it affected your own mojo perhaps um to kind of get on with things i think you get more into that sense of overwhelm when you're not breaking things up it just feels huge and insurmountable you have to think about how am i going to climb that mountain well it's one step at a time um not thinking about this vastness of Everest or whatever mountain you've got in front of you just think one step at a time and, and it's it's a lot more doable I'd say. The only thing I can compare that or what's popping into my mind as you're talking about A professional athletes and B breaking it up is like when I went to the spin class the other week uh, at BeFit Gym with this oh my god this like absolute powerhouse of a man this gay guy called Oscar and he just was the most excitable human I've ever seen in all my life and I mean, the music wasn't great, which is always quite important to me in a spin class, so I let that part of me just go. Um, but his enthusiasm and just the way he was practically dancing on his bicycle and just the sheer absolute joy in his eyes just really inspired me 
more than anything else and I was absolutely shafted in December and really had to dig deep to go to that class but what I liked is on the wall was projected this kind of um, and I've never seen this before in a spin class or at that particular gym was the um, exact route that we were taking with the peaks and troughs and the ups and the downs and this and that and it was like when you know what's coming it's so much easier to prepare to really kind of free wheel into those zones and and to know that you've got the next chunk of energy to achieve the next goal and that's for me feels like the most direct comparison I can make because but but with somebody also like a little mascot there to kind of give you that little extra bit of oomph and he just really was just I don't know. I, yeah, I'd love to know what he does on the side of that because like, he's only there two or three classes a week. But it was a, a really great inspiration that day. And I'm going back actually uh, on Saturday night. I've already booked it mm. um, because I just think people like that, you know, you need people, you need to surround yourself with people like that. Not only kind of cheerlead you, but really celebrate those those things with you. And I feel like, you know, if you surrounded your friendship circle with people like that that were really gunning for your little achievements or big mm. achievements then how could you possibly fail that's a lovely a lovely metaphor for what you need around you who's your spin class instructor <laughs> who is that person that's so in the moment because that's what oscar it sounds like to me just this is all that matters to him at that moment and you feed off that energy is this hour that you're together and what you're going to achieve in that hour whatever's going on in his head in his life he's He's brilliantly managed to package that away and completely focus on what's going on right there. And that's a great thing to have around you. And, you know, not all your friends can do that for you all of the time. Um, but you'll know in your friend group, these are, the, uh, these are the radiators. These are the people that are really giving out energy versus, you know, those, those people we might call drains who are sort of pulling it down a little bit. Um, but that kind of goes in cycles a bit. But we are more attracted to those sorts of those sorts of people with that boundless, that boundless enthusiasm and energy. I mean, look, uh, if you are more of an introverted person, now that energy, that boundless enthusiasm, over time, that actually start will start to drain you. This is the really interesting thing about understanding whether you're extrovert or introvert and the sorts of people you need to be around and when you need them. And the more you can understand yourself is the more, now I need to plug into that. And now I need to plug into something different. Maybe it's a little bit more um, quiet time, my time to reflect on me. But as you know, you'll know really extrovert people. If they're not plugged into other people's energy all of the time, then that's not so good for them. So again, understanding who you are and what, what motivates you is, is, is fundamental. Mm. I think it's also, I don't know, it, it's somehow... Say, for example, it's like when a new relationship begins, you're like, oh, I need someone that ticks all the boxes. And and what I've come to understand is that you're never going to find someone that ticks all the boxes. Equally, like you're not going to find a friend that ticks all of the boxes. And actually, you can get together with somebody in a relationship who doesn't tick all of the boxes because you can find those qualities in friends that give you those things that you need. And therefore, I mean, no one's going to be perfect. None of us are. Therefore, I just think that, you know, to surround yourselves with the kinds of friends and mentors and uh, and coaches or, you know, I don't know, yoga teachers or spiritual practitioners or therapists on this island, there's such an abundance of people here that are like-minded enough that you can actually find all of those qualities that you need to get you to your goal by, you know, picking the right team members, basically, the right crew. And, and I think that Ibiza is, this is one of the main reasons that I love it. And I have such different pockets of different friendship circles. And I was kind of analysing that, thinking, that's terrible. I'm like a butterfly. You know, maybe I don't have enough close, close friends. I have too many acquaintances. And, you know, but I, I like to have lots of different friends for different things. You know, if I feel like going out to a, a conscious you know, sober rave that's like going to be about getting high on cacao and like, I don't know, you know, that's something that I can do. Or if I want to come and hang out with someone like you and go to a nice restaurant and I don't know, you know, have a nice meal and well, I'm talk not about... Sober rave person. <laughs> what are you saying? Well, I can't imagine. <laughs> but you know, there's so many different yes. bits and pieces that we need yes. in our lives to yes. feel fulfilled and full yes. and have our cup full up. And I think you can... You can have a full cap here. It's never half empty for me in Ibiza. You know, it can be, of course. Don't, I'm not talking about this being the most perfect place on the planet. But I just feel like of all the places that I've ever lived, this is the place where I can have days that just go on for what feel like years. And I've done so many different things and met so many different kinds of people and had so many different experiences. And I don't, yeah, I don't really find that anywhere else. Mm. 
What I'm hearing from what you're saying, you're kind of talking about consciously designing your life. Because I think that's something that we don't all do, but we can do more of. And when I, when I, what I mean by that is you can let life happen to you and your friend group's your friend group and that just, it just they are because they are and it kind of rolls. Or you can start to think more, what is it that I need? And that can be from a partner, that can be from friends, that can be from your network your wider network, your work colleagues, um, who you go and do certain activities with. But I think really consciously thinking about that is something we could all do with. And um, there's an exercise I do um, as a coach. Uh, I, I essentially call it allies because we all need allies in life. Um, you could call it allies, you could call it cheerleaders, you know, whatever you want. But it's really looking at who's in your life and what, are you, what is it you need to achieve the, the goal? It could be a really big goal, like just eternal happiness, or it could be, I just need to run that marathon. Whatever it is, thinking about the people around you that are going to help you do that is really, really important. And you can take a very strategic um, angle to it and literally write it down. So what I get people to do is think about the people in their life and, and really bucket them up. Because um, you're right, so here's, here's the family group, here's friends for x here's friends for y here are the people at work are going to help me with that thing here are the people i think i need to get closer to but i don't really know them yet and when you've kind of got that map in front of you you can start to think of so what am i going to do what am i consciously going to do to get closer to that person and actually what what do they need from me because it's not a one-way street um people very quickly will understand if you're just taking not, that's not going to work terribly well you need to reciprocate so what is it you can give back to them what are their needs um, but I do a lot, a lot of work around that kind of thinking around your allies who have you got now and who do you need in the future to help get you to that, to that place so yeah consciously designing your life is something I think we could all do more of I love that because you added in the what you know what, who do you need but then you said what can I give that person and that's so lovely that you added that because I feel like often in Ibiza you're at a party or a social gathering and I think question number two other than hi pleased to meet you what's your name is like what do you do and often mm. after the what did you do question the eyes glaze over and that mm. person's gone in a heartbeat and I think obviously that happens all over the bloody world not just in Ibiza but I do feel like that's happened to me more here than anywhere else and that's a, just a really hilarious thing really I find it funny I don't even get offended anymore it's just like ah okay <laughs> Bye. Yeah, you're simply not of value to me, so I'm going. <laughs> and yeah, it's brutal. Um, but you're right. You I mean that that is a a thing that happened? Yes, world over. Um, I've got a personal gremlin about networking events because exactly that thing, that reason uh, of of meeting somebody, exchanging the immediate presentries, and then what do you do? And that not being interesting enough for somebody, and then turning on their heel. Now, actually, in British society probably quite unlikely they'll find a you know a, a more subtle way out i guess here people are a bit less subtle you know right i'm off <laughs> i'm off to find someone more important and interesting um that's that that's that's pretty killer that's pretty killer but um i think you've got the right attitude just go okay well you know uh, what you've got isn't for me what i've got's not for you that's absolutely fine i will connect with somebody here who does find what i've got of interest and value to them and that's and that will happen um, I also think that and that way that's that those immediate interactions happen is thinking about and if you like me you don't like going to networking events and, or meeting people that you don't know um, in a big group situation for the first time think about what it is you want to say about yourself because that what do you do often that means work or career but maybe it's something that what you're striving to do what 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 is it what's your life's what's your life's purpose that would be an amazing question to ask somebody especially here in Ibiza that might uh, get people really thinking um, about what they're about I think yeah that word well ever since I read that book Dharma Bums and was like what does Dharma mean and it's like well what's my what's my purpose what's my point and I think that is deeply aligned with well what's my passion and this is a country again that people move to to actually follow their heart rather than their head and do a job that they really love doing and that's also the other reason why we're all penniless which we talked about earlier but I you know 
that's not true. I'm only joking there. But, you know, obviously there's a big thing about doing a job that you're obviously deeply aligned with and 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 really feels good because I don't think until you found that thing Ibiza really actually accepts you onto this island there's a lot of people that get spat out here and I think that that's because they're basically doing something that isn't their true heart's calling and this is going to sound really hippy dippy now but you know I really feel like this is a place that people actually come to reset and change their life and be something else than they were before much like you and your advertising career in London you didn't come here to continue to do what you used to do and I love your little story about kind of how you got from A to B via Russia Poland close (laughs) a sort of cold eastern country but yeah I mean I I coming here and trying to pursue that that corporate advertising career was I just knew wasn't going to work um and I did it actually for my first few months here, and but it was always short term. And whilst I was doing that, I was working out what my real purpose, my real dharma um, was, and I'd, I'd worked on it probably for the whole of um, the year before we came. And that allowed me to transition into that. And you know, it's not a million miles away from what I was doing when I was working in um, big advertising agencies. The thing that got me out of bed with a bigger smile on my face and a greater mojo was when I knew I was going to help develop people um, and help grow somebody or something. Um, so it wasn't too many steps away from that to train as an executive coach um, and to help people find what you know they're all about, their self-awareness, um, to grow within a business or to make a leap out of a business and create their own thing. Um, so yeah, I, I've absolutely found that. And I feel, you know, me sort of a year on here doing my thing I feel much more not actually connected to the island for that reason and you know it is that when I do meet people in social situations now and they and they ask that so what do you do question I am so excited about talking about what I do and so proud if they're not interested I really couldn't give a shit <laughs> but mostly they are because like as you say a lot of people here they've everyone's got a story everyone was drawn here for a reason um and yeah, it's just, it's, I'm really excited about talking about what I do versus actually, to be honest, I was a little bit embarrassed sometimes saying what I used to do. Oh, I just work in advertising. And I'd, I'd literally, I'd say it in that way and dismiss it and try and move on really quickly. And now I'll engage if someone wants to talk about what I do, I'll talk for as long as they want to talk about it and, and talk about what they do or what their purpose in life is. But yeah, my, what I do now is so much more linked to my purpose it just sits so much better with me it's so interesting because I had the completely opposite experience so when I worked at BBC Six Music as a music journalist for the last six seven years before I left London I mean if someone asked me what I did I was well proud to tell them what I did and and I always knew and could see it in their face how very very impressed they were and I honestly that was my back then that was my my crowning moment and then and then I I just know that that is what kept me in that job way longer than I should have done because I was kind of, you know, reading reading out loud for a living, but it wasn't even breaking news or, like, really life-changing stuff. It was, you know, Ronnie Wood's fallen out of a tree and smacked his head on a coconut and is in a coma. Or not that that's not, that's not a terrible story. thing. It was a big, that was probably <laughs> the most exciting my career got at that point. But, you know, I just kind of got to the point where I was like, I'm only doing this because everyone thinks it's, like the coolest thing in the world and I'm actually not getting any joy from this job whatsoever I'm not changing anything I'm not helping anyone I'm not putting anything back onto this planet and I really started to understand that I was actually quite depressed Mm. and I felt like this is just not my purpose I was not put on this planet just to entertain people um, with just little tidbits of just rubbish absolute rubbish and at that point that's when I I really got into yoga and ended up obviously going off and doing my teacher training. But it was so interesting how that kind of feeling suddenly just I had that aha moment of of really understanding that this is not I'm not helping it. You know, I really wanted to put something back. And yeah, I'm just so glad that I did walk away from that. But it was hard because I was very, very proud. I still think BBC Six Music is the best radio station in the world. And it was heartbreaking to leave that team and output and content because I I thought it was just top notch, and it still mm. is. And I, and I, it's only now that I can listen to Six Music. I was having this conversation with an old Six Music radio buddy over drinks at Christmas time, and I can only listen to it now 
but back for so long I just couldn't listen to it because it, it broke my heart every time I heard all my all my friends and colleagues mm. on it because I just really missed it I totally agree by six music awesome station as I listen to it all the time but the thing in there for me is the, is the social currency of having a job that you think is is living all your values and giving you purpose but you knew underneath that thin veneer that it wasn't and good for you that you got to that point of realization because a lot of people and you know it um, they'll continue with a, a career-based job because of you know the, the social cachet of saying oh yeah I'm a solicitor or I'm a, an accountant or I work in a city and and that's acceptance and there's a there's there's a lot of fear you know fear of other people's opinions FOPO is a big thing and we you know when, it, when you say it like that it seems crazy but we are worried about what other people think about us we are human beings that's how we're made up we really desperately care some of us more than others about what other people think of us and what we do for a job is so in interlinked with kind of who we are and what we're all about probably too much actually um that that makes breaking away from that job that career even harder so well done for you for having that realization and and stepping out of it because that is hard yards that is difficult to do um you know sometimes that's forced on you some people are you know uh, redundancies or whatever you're pushed away from a job but to actually step away um is really hard to do I'd, i kind of like yeah equal it with a breakup really it was it was it was really painful and the reason it happened it was because it was I moved to Brighton to try and distance myself from that whole London scene of partying being a music journalist and all the unhealthy habits that went along with it that's how it began and then gradually my shifts decreased because I wasn't really able to do the late night awards ceremonies and all the things that involved going to gigs and festivals and things because I was obviously down there then of course eventually they moved to Manchester and it was a case of like well you can continue your two three days a week if you move to Manchester but I was never going to do that you know I'd already taken my decision that I was going into full-time yoga and you know like you are people ask me what I do and I literally will bore them shitless I mean (laughs) don't start me off and that's hilarious how obviously you know that we met and and I you know it just I cannot begin to tell you how much joy I get from seeing how much joy you get from doing what you do with your podcast because I can see you're just as addicted and passionate about it as I am and that makes me so so happy so I can understand how you feel as a coach by getting people doing things that they love it's like it's just yeah just passing on the joy it's I mean from the coaching point of view it's the most privileged job I mean sometimes I don't really want to call it a job thing that I've ever done in my life because you are working with somebody in a very intimate a very trusting scenario and you are talking about all the big things in their life you know whether it be relationship goals in life happiness uh, career change all the big stuff comes up and you have an immense responsibility but I love that responsibility because it's it's deeply meaningful and I guess looking back when I was saying about my reaction to when people asked me what I used to do I didn't find my advertising career job meaningful enough if it you want to boil it down to something that's what it was so I now know my one of my north stars is whatever I do it has to be meaningful so with the podcast um, and I mentioned it was been an intention of, intention of mine for a long time last year, and it took me a long time to get around to it because I was thinking about what do I want it to be? How how am I going to make this meaningful? And I got to the place of you know the idea of the Mojo podcast and talking to brave and fascinating people about big changes they'd made in their life. That felt meaningful to me because I'm sharing a story that probably wouldn't be shared ordinarily. And someone was asking me just yesterday what my my aim, my goals are with the podcast, and it's. If one single person who listens gets some form of inspiration from one of those episodes and does something with it, that is meaningful. So there you go. That's, um, yeah. As long as it's meaningful, then I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what I say on the course is that, you know, who's that one person that you're talking to? And if you can get really clear on who that one person is that you want to be addicted to your podcast and listen to every episode without fail all the way through i think if you can try and at least in the beginning anyway before you get your kind of like um get your groove on to know what your voice is and your message and you know how it's going to feel and look and what the what the general idea is i think that you know that's just beautiful and 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 i'm like 
well, coming up to the second birthday of this in March, uh, the Reset Rebel podcast. And I feel, you know, some of the emails I get, I mean, I had I had one at one minute to midnight uh, on New Year's Eve from a woman who was in the depths of despair and was listening to one of my podcasts and said, I'm seeing in the new year, listening to you and the guest that I had on and I, I, I actually was crying on the stroke of midnight because I was it's like amazing. what a beautiful message to yeah. receive I mean I wasn't jumping up and down and kissing everyone in the bar instead I was looking at my phone because it hot popped off my notifications yeah, yeah, I was like who's yeah, messaging yeah. me and it, yeah. it was this woman yeah. I was just like I don't know actually that just meant the world to me yeah. to get that message in that moment and yeah I had quite a lot at the end of December and I think at the beginning of January because I think people like we talked about, are hitting the slumps, hitting the skids, people that haven't got all their shit together, like yeah. not suggesting that we have, but, you know, we've made a few changes to at least try and attempt to yeah. sort things out a little bit. And yeah. I think, you know, December really will bring on a shitstorm of like all the pain and insecurities and doubts and fears. And January, I think, is almost even worse. I think those four weeks of the year, no one really talks about it, but they're incredibly lonely and hard if you haven't got the right community around you and people that you can really open up and share that with and that's why I felt it was really hard actually to do my first podcast of of a new decade because I just felt this responsibility to say something meaningful and actually I was in the depth of despair for the first few weeks because I was bloody knackered after being sick as a dog all over Christmas and socializing my ass off and I just didn't really have anything interesting to say and then I just thought if I don't get started it's never going to happen so I don't know this podcasting thing for me is is huge and it's just beautiful to be able to share even if there's only one person listening, you know, it just, yeah. that's enough for me to, to continue to get off my bum and make this happen every week for probably anything between a half a day's work and a day's work a week that I do for free because I, just because I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm no, nowhere as close to, to you in terms of uh, so episodes in. I'm like, my fifth one is, is coming up, but it's giving me one, this wonderful creative release um, to really think uh, about someone's story and how best to help that person tell that story, which is which is again another a real privilege. Um, and then just to get into that process of you know, it, I, was, I was mentioning to you earlier about um, the editing process, and you, it does take a lot of time. This 30, 40, 50 minute podcast, it, it, it does need love and attention, and I'm like you, I'm prepared to give it that because I I just love doing it. But actually, the process of editing for me is really deep work and I'm very very focused which I actually find very hard to do if I'm in an office environment I'll get distracted by all sorts of things because I'm an extrovert and I want to go and talk to people and find out what's going on and I've got this presentation to write and I'll do it a bit like school homework at the last possible minute and get it and get it done which is frustrating for for everybody um but that that deep work process of finalizing a podcast and then a wonderful moment when you put it live it's a really special moment and then I'll admit there is this sort of a little bit of fear what's going to happen who's going to listen will anybody listen and then you can you can see these these data points come in on your on your dashboard and you immediately see people listening you go wow someone's listened wow that's amazing <laughs> that's great fabulous and like you I I noticed um on Christmas day 11 people listened to my podcast and I wow not not why but wow that's a, what a thing to do to take the time out to listen to podcasts this was a podcast by the way about gratitude and intentions so it was pretty timely a lovely time to think about what am I grateful for in the year that's gone and as I've talked about intentions for the year to come and I just felt really like you just quite moved about people taking the time out to listen to my work because um, it is work but it's a lovely creative expression of work so I'm I'm, I'm loving it so hopefully um, we'll be here in a year or two years' time talking about the two-year anniversary of the Mojo podcast as well because um, I totally intend to keep it going. And that is what I love about you. It's just the commitment, which is a bloody rare <laughs> thing on this island. If you ever live here or been here, the flakiest people that exist on the bloody planet live in Ibiza. It's a fact. Um, and I don't mind saying that, and I don't care if anyone judges me on that the statement. Uh, it's just true. And um, so, yeah, the fact that you are one of the people, um, like another podcast course client, Joe Ruby, um, you know, also just committed to just putting it out till the end of time. And it's great. You know, if you miss a week, so what? But ultimately, you've said, here I am. I'm going to put this out weekly until until further notice. I think that's a beautiful thing. The same as this one. 
um, and it's great. It's great to commit to something and, um, you know, I think when you are consistent with something and you really just continue to do it, then great things happen and I think being committed is is definitely one of my intentions for 2020 without a shadow of a doubt and I'm going to do exactly what you said I'm going to mark and celebrate the goalpost of two years of doing this I think we're on episode number this will be 71 so it feels like there's definitely uh, something to be celebrated so yeah. we'll have to do that I think um, as, a, as a podcast crew we'll get all the people together again and um, have a little party yeah. um, I'm, we are literally out of time we've been talking for a whole hour I'm never really That's able to um, <laughs> just crazy <laughs> and I've still got a million questions for you but unfortunately we don't have time but um yeah, thank you for coming on my podcast course and thank you for coming um, on to the Reset Rebel podcast with me. Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you again for picking such a wonderful location. <laughs> Lovely chat, thank you. Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel It's the Reset Rebel